So I'm going to just go ahead and jump in, man. I love Christmas. Anybody love Christmas? And I love how it's a little nippy. It's great. Because usually, you know, Christmas at Newburgh feels like summer. Because <laughs> it's just so hot. I love the weather. Um, I was actually watching TV, um, which I rarely do anymore, right? Because, like, what's TV, right? It's like all Netflix now. What's up? Disney Plus. Any Disney Plus people in here? Shout out to the faithful few. You know what I'm saying? Hello. We in there like swimwear. Hello. Uh, man, I love Christmas. I was watching TV. I never watched TV. I was watching TV, and they showed this whole strip of houses where all over, I mean, front to the back of the house, every window, every single part, they had these lights on, and it became a famous street here in Orlando where, where cars just come, they line up, and they just go see how people just decorate their homes. I mean, like, if you're the best-looking house uh, in your street, just want to just give you a hand clap right there. Great job. Great job. I know you've been waiting for it, so <laughs> so great job. Um, man, so people take it so serious. I got like a little tabletop tree uh, right now, uh, and it's, it's like yay high, and it's on a stool, so it's really like this, um, and, and we do some flowers on it. It's pretty cool. I love the fact that some, some houses, they keep the lights on all night. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, okay, so y'all all keep the lights on all night, or y'all, oh, y'all got bills to pay? Come on, somebody. It's like, it's midnight. Nobody's on the road. Unplug that bad boy, all right? Unplug it. <laughs> What's crazy about this strip of street, uh, strip of homes on the street, is that they keep the lights on all night. It's insane. Where usually when people would, would turn off their lights because no one's looking, there are those that keep their lights on even when no one's looking. Here's the title of tonight's message. I hope you take it. Anybody taking notes today? At the top of your notes, write the title. Come on, keep the lights on. Keep the lights on. In a world where Christians are clocking in on Sunday and turning on their light, oh, I'm, I'm blessed. But then Sunday night at the crib, they turn the light off. I came to encourage you. I came to motivate you. The Spirit of God is sufficient enough for you to 24-7 every single day keep the light on. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what life throws out at you, you are able to do it because of the Spirit that lives within you. Keep the lights on. Keep the lights on. Jesus' most famous sermon ever, the Sermon on the Mount. This is what he says. He's full-grown Jesus, right? This is the beginning of his ministry. If you want to read this further, it's in Matthew chapter 5. I'm only going to read two verses, though. This is what Jesus is saying. He starts off the Sermon on the Mount with blessed are those who blank, blank. He goes through the Beatitudes, we call them, and then he gets to this point. He gets to this place in verse 14. It says this, you, so he's talking to those who believe in him. You are the light of the world. Somebody say me. That was like 14 people. Somebody say me. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 16, this is it. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That they may look at you and see a light and say, that light's not from you. That's from something bigger. Because I know how much money you got in the bank. Why are you so happy? I know what you're dealing with. What, what, what's going on? What's, what, what's up with you? What, what, what you getting all this joy from? What's, what, what's new with you? Uh-uh, it's nothing that's happening to me. It's actually the spirit of God happening through me. I can keep the light on no matter what I'm going through. But can we be honest? 
So many people are disappointed. Disappointed with our government. Disappointed with relationships in their lives. Disappointed with the world they live in. Sometimes you can just go on social media and find a thousand reasons to be disappointed. And here's what's crazy about all the disappointment is that people are actually looking for a savior. People are actually looking for a Messiah. But friend, the Messiah already came. 2019 years ago, he showed up, he split our history books in half, and then he looks at all his followers, and he says, listen, I got to go, but you are the light that when people look at you, they see me. So, man, if there's a prayer request for your life, it's like, God, may I be the light that you calling me to be in my life, in my job, in my family. May I be the light that you want me to be. Matthew 5, 16, the same way, let your light shine, I love this part, before others, not just those you're familiar with, before others. That was an awkward moment to take a sip. Two people laughed. Oh, it's okay. Let your light shine before others. See, I, was, I, was, uh, we, we, I just came back from my honeymoon two months ago, and shout out to honeymoons. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Shout out those things, right? Cool. I was on a plane. Here's what's funny. I was really asking God for a spiritual experience. I was like, God, give me something. Just show me something. Something happened on the plane. Just me and God. And, and it was just an amazing moment. I remember coming out of that plane. We landed in Beijing. And I was in the Beijing airport. No one knows English. All the signs, nothing's in English. Um, no one knew anything. Um, so it was kind of tough. But we made it home. Hello. We made it back. We had a good time. <laughs> Uh, it's just the transport to get there. Uh, and I remember we sat down. We got some ramen because that's all we eat. Um, we ate some ramen. And, and, and there was a moment I was sitting across D and we literally pick our phone up and we start recording uh, what we're eating. It's a vlog that none of you will ever see. Come on, it's just staying on the photo on my iCloud. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so whatever. It's like, hey, it's our first ramen in China. So awesome. And then out of nowhere, some lady sits down at the end of the table. Um, so I kind of see her through the phone. So it was like a funny situation because I'm looking at my phone and she pops up on the, on the frame. So I have a decision to make. Am I going to act like I don't see her? Oh, you never done that? Some of y'all be in Walmart. That's Pastor Gabby. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> you never done that before, right? So I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, I'm looking, I'm looking, and I'm like. I got super convicted. Can I tell you what the Holy Spirit told me? I'm going to jack you up because this is going to mess you up too. I'm looking at her through my phone. She's right there. Diana, me, phone. I'm looking. I'm like, I had this thought. I heard this little voice. You know, you know that voice, the Holy Spirit. It's like, if this lady sat, if a stranger sat at a table with Jesus, what would he do? Doesn't that, doesn't that suck, right? You're like, oh, dang. Now I got to do something with that. So I turn her. I'm like, hello. And she's like, hola. I'm like, babe, take over. <laughs> you got this one. <laughs> if you know me, my Spanish is not that great. Um, anyway, so we're going. And then so she actually ends up being Colombian, right? Like, what? So it's, a, it's her and D. So they start kicking it off. And then her husband shows up. So he sits down. Uh, he's a Mexican guy. He lives in Mexico City. He gave me his email. He's like, hey, whenever you're in Mexico City, shout out. I'm like, shout out, Mexico. What's up? I love Mexico. Hello. Uh, I love Tapatio, come on, that's the best Mexican spot in Kissimmee. You're welcome. 
It's right around the corner. <laughs> I got the band on Sunday. You're welcome. Anyways, homie sits next to me, and we start talking, and then uh, we start talking about, like, what he does. He ends up being an engineer for, like, this huge car company, and he was on a business trip, so he knew great English, and we were just kicking it off, and he's kicking it off with her, and I'm kicking it off with him. And then, and then we start talking about what we do. And, and as a pastor, I love that conversation because I get to choose whatever I want. Yeah, I work in construction. You know, I, I build a house. I build a house. Or, or uh, I, I'm a creative pastor, you know, I just creatively reach. So I get to do it. Like going through customs, that's the best question, right? Like so, so what do you do? We're both like, we both work for a church. And they're like, oh, go right ahead. I'm like, girl, what's up? I'm looking at this deal. I'm like, yeah, you know. I work for a church, and I'm a, pa- I'm a youth pastor. I'm a young adult pastor. We've been to church, so I start telling him the new brother. He's like, let me cut you off. Let me cut you off. Listen, I didn't know you from a hole in the wall, but once I sat at this table, I just felt a little bit at peace. Like, I don't know you. I don't know y'all. Like, I don't know where y'all come from. But once I sat at this table, something in me just, just get. And here's the thing. I asked him, are you a believer? He said, yes, I'm a believer as well. And he was like, and I just sat here and I felt the spirit and I felt at peace. Listen to me. It doesn't have to be hard to let your light shine. Sometimes it's just being obedient to God to say hello to somebody. Man, sometimes we over-spiritualize evangel- evangelizing. Like, I hope, I hope they get saved. How about you just get their name, dog? Like, What's up? We gotta make this too hard. Like, just go. Jesus, like, go. Like, great commission. Go and make disciples. Here's my next idea. Listen, it's not hard to stand out, just stay connected. It's so hard to stand out. This Christian world is just so hard. No, it's not. If you just stay connected, if you just stay focused, I probably would have missed that moment if I didn't go leave the plane in prayer. I probably would have missed it. I wouldn't have been sensitive. I would have been looking at a homegirl through the phone and act like, you know, I didn't just even see her. That's like when someone come out of jail, they only look at people through the, you know, the mirror. Three people laugh. You never had nobody that's fresh out? No type of church being started to this section. We here. Fresh out. Fresh out. Some of you guys are like, still, what's going on, right? Stay connected to, to what? Stay connected to the spirit. How do, I, how do I stay connected? How do I let my light shine? Stay connected to the spirit of God. Jesus says, listen, I'm your savior. I did what only I can do, but I got to go. I'm ascending to the right hand of the Father, but I'm not leaving you alone. I'm sending you my spirit that he will not just be the Jesus beside you, but he will be inside you and he will lead you. How many Christians say, oh, I can't wait to go to heaven and ask David. So how it was to kill Goliath or to go to different just local legends, church legends, like Bible legends. Be like, How was it to slay this? How was it to split the seas? How was it? I can imagine all those people coming back to you and say, hey, how was it to have God in you? How was it to actually have the action plan of God fully to you? You see, we had a sacrifice to cover. Jesus paid for your sins yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You tell me what that looks like in your life. You got to stay connected to the spirit. Here's what we need to stay connected to. Stay connected to the word. Young people, we're the most illiterate, biblically illiterate generation ever. And we're going to break that. Come on, new birth youth. Come on, new birth young adults. We flexing out here. And for the adults too, everyone. Let's dive into the word. How are you ever going to know God if you don't know his word? How are we ever going to know God's spirit if we don't ever read about him? It's hard to see Jesus in a world that we do not understand. 
It's hard to see Jesus in places, places that it's so easy to throw judgment when Jesus wants you to go there and give grace. It's so easy to get confused. Listen, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they put our Savior on a cross. And they're me and you. You know that. We're all bad. We're all the people that put Jesus up because he died for all of us, not some of us. How do I keep my light shining? Stay connected to the spirit. Stay connected to the word. Here's something a bit more practical. Stay connected to the church. I was watching a video of T.D. Jakes, the best bishop ever. The best, I, just, I just think he's my favorite preacher ever, T.D. Jakes. He, he, does, he, he, said this, he said this. I saw this. I was like, wow. He goes, church, where have we gone? All the praise reports are different than what they used to be. All the prayer requests are different to what they used to be. I used to have ladies coming up to me saying, hey, can you pray for my son to get saved? And now they're coming up to me saying, hey, can you pray for my son to get out of jail? And he says, wait, what have we gone to? You want prayer when he's in a situation he can't get out of, but just to wake him up to come to church, it's okay. And he goes, you didn't want to wake him up for church? Now they're going to wake him up every day at 5 in the morning. They're going to tell him when to wake up. They're going to tell him when to go to bed. They're going to tell him when to eat. They're going to tell him when to play. And all this freedom and leadership and authority you had over his life. And like, he's going to sleep in today. TDJs looks at his church. He's like, tell me for pray, for pray for people I've never seen before, kids I've never seen before. The prayer requests are changing. To God, can you get me out of something? Instead of God, we're going to come to you with everything we have. God, can you save me? But God, you're my savior. And if it's a rainy day, I love you and I'm connected. And if it's a good day, I love you and I'm connected. But I can't afford to disconnect from the spirit and turn my light off. Keep the lights on. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. We're going to go behind time. We're just at chapter 5. We're going to go a little further backwards. In chapter 2, it says this, after Jesus was born... In Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem. What's the magi? Who are these people? The magi were the three wise men. Now these men were belonging to various educated classes. These weren't just regular Joe Schmoes that saw a light in the sky and said, let's go follow that bad boy. No, these were very educated people. These wise men, the magi, they weren't magicians. They were philosophers. They were counselors of rulers. They were educated, wealthy, and influential. They studied all of the scripture in the ancient East. These wise, men, these wise men came seeking the Christ child. Listen, they weren't idolaters. They weren't just seeking out gods. They knew Jesus was coming through scripture and they studied it. Here's my next idea. Listen, wise men followed the light. This is for atheists or skeptics in the room that think that Christianity is only for people who are emotional wrecks. Oh, you go to church? Oh, that's because you're not stable. Oh, you go to church? That's because you really, you really need it, don't you? No, 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 no. Wise, educated men follow the light. Don't forget that. People with degrees, people with knowledge and wisdom in the word follow the light. You guys with me? Wise, educated men. They, they must have studied scripture, like, like, like maybe in the book of Numbers. See, you see, in the book of Numbers, I want to let you know something. If you don't know this, the Bible is so legitimate in a billion ways. It's prophetically correct and prophetically legit. 
They must have studied the book of Numbers, which is literally 5th century BCE, way before their time. They must have studied the scripture and Numbers 24. Can you put the verse where it says, a star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter rise out of Israel. So Jesus hasn't even shown up, but there's prophecies of him. He's a fulfillment of prophecies. How he was born, where he was born, him fleeing to Egypt, him being put on a cross, him being baptized. John the Baptist, everything Jesus did was checking off scripture. That's when you look at the Bible in the Old Testament, it's his shadow, but he shows up ready in the New Testament. All scripture reveals to us Jesus. So these wise men were studying scripture. They must have read this verse and saw that scepter. What's a scepter? Scepter is literally a symbol of sovereignty. So when they're looking into numbers and they look at the stars and they see this huge bright star coming out, they're going back to the word that they already know and they're saying what I see is validating what I know. They're looking in the world around them and because of the knowledge in the word, they see a light and it doesn't strike them as scared. You see when, 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 when old civilizations, when they saw stars and comets, they thought those were signals of death. And signals of, of, of sickness and signals that the gods were mad. But if they, if they just read the word of God, they would have seen the star and know that there is a Savior who is sovereign. And he is coming out of Jacob. The Bible is prophetically legit. The Bible is also scientifically legit. Did you know in these times, multiple organizations, multiple astrologers would look up. And this symbol of a star is not just a reality in the Bible. It's a reality in our history books. Here's the truth. The next idea. The star was a physical, supernatural miracle recorded in history. Scientists and astrologers say that this was a supernova multiplied by four. With the science in the time, they didn't know that God had actually, most likely, scholars and theologians say, sent a comet around the earth to orbit. So the star they saw wasn't just like the North Star. It was like blowing. It was glaring. And the whole Middle East probably saw it at the same time. Scientifically, I got that from Google, not the Bible. This is legit. This moment. Here's the thing. They said this comet must have been in the sky for months. Just going through. And then scientists even say, I read this. They said that it would even appear if you had it at the right angle with your eye, it would even appear that the comet was hovering over a city. Can I tell you that city was where Jesus was born? And this guy hanging for months at a time. And that is why the Magi came. They saw the comet. It was most likely a comet. They saw the star and they followed it. They followed it unafraid, knowing the word, unafraid, knowing that this must be a sign from heaven. Understand this. Don't miss this. Their wisdom led them to obedience. And in the church, if you've been here a little long, if you've got some years under your belt, you could be tempted to take all that wisdom and knowledge and tuck it under your seat. But these wise men, they took all that wisdom and knowledge and they put it to action. They put it to obedience. And they followed the star to exactly where Jesus was. Here's my next idea. Listen, information should always lead to a function. Information should always lead to a function. That's fine. In like probably 17 minutes, we're going to do an altar call. You have the information. Jesus loves you. He died for you. And all who believe shall be saved and have everlasting life. With the information, there always is a function attached to it. 
You see, I don't know if you've ever been in a, in a BMW. I remember reading an article for a BMW. Like in 2017, there was a country, a, a third world country, didn't have much technology. And, and literally, this is a fun fact. There were more computers in a 2017 BMW than in an entire country. There was more computers in a, one vehicle than an entire country. And we wonder why the BMW is called, what's it called, Pa? Come on, the ultimate driving experience. You see, with all that information, they better function really well. They better function right. And we see this with leadership delegation. If you're a leader in the house, if you're volunteering, you're stepping in. Listen, when it comes to delegation, you can't just put anybody to do the job. You can't do that. You have to bring them, walk with them, teach them, give them the right information so that when you leave, things don't dip, but they actually get better. And that's probably a business trick too. Hey, before we put a manager, let's really give them all the information. Why? Because the more information, the better the function. We see that with Google. Most of our answers are with Google. How am I going to do this? Just Google it. How am I going to do that? Just Google it. How am I going to change this in my car? Just Google it. How am I going to cook that recipe? Just Google it. Information will always lead you to a function. Listen, even how you were created, like the part of your brain that receives information actually sends information to your spinal cord and to other parts of your brain. It regulates motor movements. It coordinates voluntary movements such as posture, balance, coordination, and speech resulting in smooth and balanced muscular activity. It's not a coincidence that the part of your brain that does most of the work receives most of the information. And we got Christians full of the word, full of information. And instead of stepping up and being light in the world around them, they pick and choose when to be light. They pick and choose when to function. They pick and choose and say, nobody's looking, I could probably unplug. Nobody's here, I could probably detach from the spirit and, and tap into my flesh a little bit. True fear and reverence of God is acknowledging that he is everywhere at once. You don't close the door of your house and God stays out your house. He's in the house with you. We're just going to close this door and we're just going to let everything out. Wait, so, so you get to pick when the spirit leaves you? You get to just disconnect like that. And you wonder why you're trying to connect to the spirit for miracles and things don't happen. In the New Testament, this is a, a, a funny happening. The disciples are praying for a demon to come out. Praying, 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 praying. It's not coming out. They're like, I guess this thing don't work. Jesus shows up. He's like, get out. Actually, Jesus shows up and the demon starts squealing. Ah! Isn't it funny? The disciples were there and the demon was chilling. He probably knew them. If the devil would have walked in here, who is he dapping? Hey, what's up, dog? Hey, what's up, girl? What's up? Oh, when, when the enemy walks into a place like this, does he fear and tremble because of your reverence and honor to God? Jesus shows up in two seconds, it's out. And they're like, so we did the whole praying, laying hands thing, Jesus. Obviously, just works for you. And he's like, listen, friends, disciples, <laughs> you see, miracles like this can only happen in prayer. Miracles like this, Papa, come here, can only happen when you stay connected to the Spirit of God. I came to encourage you, church. Keep the lights on. Matthew 5, 14, let's go back. Jesus says, you are the light 
of the world. And that verse sounds very familiar. You're probably thinking of John 8, 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them. Can we go to John 8? Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Wait a minute, Jesus. Wait, oh, reverse, hello. So in, in Matthew, you're saying I'm the light, but in John, you're saying you're the light. Are you confused? What's going on? Why when I read Matthew, Jesus is calling us the light, but I read John, and he says, no, no, I'm the light. Well, we got to keep reading. John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. How do I keep the light on? How do I stay connected? Get on the plow and follow Jesus. Don't disconnect when trouble comes. Don't disconnect when your flesh feels like it. Stay connected. Stay following. Oh, I wish I had Christians in this room that are following Jesus in and out of season. If that's you, can you give him praise in this moment? Can you give him glory? If he is worthy of your attention and your focus following Jesus will always keep your light on I'm asking the worship team to come up following Jesus will always keep your light on see it's Christmas and and if you if you if you're like really Christmas spirited and you you love the lights you probably notice the sun when when that electricity bill comes in you know what I'm saying a little higher than usual. <laughs> it, it feels like keeping the lights on actually comes with a cost. It, it, it feels like keeping the lights on is actually going to cost me something. I'm going to look at the bill at the end of the month and be like, oh, geez. We really love Christmas, don't we? And I want to encourage you, church. It's going to cost you. It might cost you everything. But we don't live for this world. We're living for the next one. And if Jesus died for me, I'm going to live for him. I'm going to live for him. Well, Pastor, my bill's going to go up. Pastor, this is actually going to take time for my life. Jesus dedicated his entire life, and he died young. He died at 33. Some of us in here are 35 and up. And you're experiencing years in your life Jesus didn't see. Because he decided to do it for you. You know what's tragic? I think sometimes the American dream conflicts with the biblical dream. You know what's something that's real tragic? See, this sounds like a good story, right? Two doctors, they get married. Got a bunch of debt. <laughs> you got debt, we're praying for you. I went to Valencia, so I got paid to go to school. Hey. But we're praying for debt. Debt is a real thing. Imagine two doctors getting together, bunch of debt. They go, they go 40 years in the workforce, 30 years in the workforce. And this sounds like a good story, right? So they sell everything. I think this is probably the plot for Step Brothers. They sell everything to buy a boat. And they go sailing around in the Gulf. And they find this little hut. And they take their millions of dollars. When they change currencies into the country they're living in, they're balling now. When I was in Thailand, one American dollar is 30 of their baht. And you can imagine kind of how our currency travels. We're blessed to live in America. In the Bible days, we're the rich man. You know that. 80, 89 or 99% of the world lives on a dollar a day. You're doing a lot better than a lot of people in the world. So imagine a couple of... 
chilling on the beach and they got one hobby, collecting seashells. And they probably they probably make it there like 60, 65-ish, right? And they're just connecting seashells and y'all can pick it up. We about to turn up. I know I sound low, but collecting seashells and and they go 20 years in the beach and Man, they're orange, right? They got the tan of a lifetime. They got all these seashells, beautiful. Their house is the little cabin they bought, right? Because the land's pretty cheap over there. It's real nice and neat. And, and they get to heaven. And they look at Jesus face to face. And then God the Father looks at them and says, What have you done with my son, Jesus? And they look up and they go, oh, <laughs> we had great jobs. We saved all of our money. And here's what we have to show. You ready, God? Look at all of our seashells. You feel that, right? In America, that's the dream. In the Bible, that's the loss. I hope you catch this. In America, this is what it's all about. It's about me. It's about me. Man, there's a pastor. He preaches about giving. I love this phrase. Do your living while you're giving so you're knowing where it's going. And people, I, oh my gosh, we're going to get to heaven one day and we're going to have all these seeds of opportunities, all of these moments, all these spiritual gifts God's given you, all your talents, your family, your position, your wealth, your business, your organizations, your influence, your relatives. And we're going to get to heaven and I hope the conversation sounds like this, God, I gave you everything. Because you gave me everything. All I got is obedience. I took all that wisdom and I followed the light. And I followed the light. Take it all. Take it all. Take it all. Take it all. I took all that wisdom of you and all that knowledge, God. And all that church going and I took it. And I gave it all away. I heard, I heard a story of a pastor. I'm done. I heard a story of a pastor. He said his dad, he got really ill, a man of God. He went preaching. I mean, like, to the, to the day he couldn't walk, and on the wheelchair he was preaching. He tells this story. as a pastor. He tells the story. He says, but listen, my dad passed away. But can I tell you, it wasn't as heartbreaking as it sounds, my dad passing away. Because, listen, he went every single breath reaching out to people. This was funny. He said this story one time. He, he, got, he got to an airport, and, and he couldn't walk. So then the lady pushing him around the airport, he taps her hand. He's like, honey, do you know Jesus? <laughs> in the deathbed. I mean, like the, the, the bed he died in. He's looking at the nurses. He's looking at everybody. He's like, oh, they ended up in the wrong room today. Imagine the nurse says, no, honey, you're in the wrong room. This is the last room you'll ever be in. <laughs> no, no, no. My father has room for me in heaven. I may be clocking out here, but I'm clocking in to eternity. I'm going to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I'm taking what he's done for me, and I'm giving it right back to him. 
Pastor, it's so hard to love God. It's so hard to be Christian. That's a lie from the enemy. It's hard to be available. It's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to say, naked I came in, naked I go out. But blessed is the name of the Lord. I challenge you this week, church, to keep the lights on. To keep the lights on. The world out there, they're disappointed. But may they see the church of Jesus, not under a bowl, but on a lampstand for all to see. That the light we have is not my glory, it's his glory. It's not my power, it's his power. It's not what I've done. It's about what he's done.